Welcome to episode 32 of Faith and Beliefs Refuted. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. So, um, <clears throat> it seems to me that uh, the each one of these is getting more and more, in my mind, ridiculous as they make futile attempts to um, defend weird stuff. So, again, uh Thinking back to the Seer Stones episode, and now they are going to talk about Brigham Young and the Adam God theory and make a seriously, um, what's a good word that I can use, um, pitiful attempt to defend one that the fact that the theory is or is not doctrine and to defend the veracity or um, credibility of Brigham Young's prophethood, I guess is a word I'll coin, um, in light of that and many other things that he said that they don't get into in this episode. So with that all being said, I'm just going to go ahead and let David do David's thing and we'll talk about it as we need to. The second prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was Brigham Young. President Young was known as a fiery guy. If he had something to say, you can bet he was going to say it. Most of the time, that was great. Sometimes it wasn't. And sometimes we really just have no idea what to do with what he says. I don't understand a word you just said. One BYU professor, Stephen Robinson, said, Anomalies occur in every field of human endeavor, even in science. An anomaly is something unexpected that cannot be explained by the existing laws or theories, but which does not constitute evidence for changing the laws and theories. An anomaly is a glitch. A classic example of an anomaly in the LDS tradition is the so-called Adam-God theory. Okay, so we just got to stop because <sighs> this is a man that claimed to have been given special revelation by God and that's what he said about this theory and yet we're just going to dismiss it as an anomaly this is this is an insult to the intelligence of the um, I just can't think of the to the to the listener I wanted to describe the listener to the um, to the unsophisticated listener, I guess, to the listener who isn't um, 
who may have no idea what they're talking about, um, whether they be LDS or uh, investigator. That let me look at. Yeah, we'll go with that for the investigate the investigating listener. You are insulting their intelligence. This truly is. This is this is just an insult to the intelligence of the investigating listener to just completely dismiss it as an anomaly. It's. I don't think that's a, a viable option when you have a man who made the the distinct claims that Brigham Young made. Something like this can't be just dismissed as an anomaly. We would never do that with a pastor in the Christian church. And that doesn't even uh, hold up to the level of profit. If my pastor started teaching things more than once uh, about Adam being God, he would be... He would be removed from the pulpit for one, and then uh, educated, and um, re- and then possibly returned to the pulpit later. But it wouldn't be an immediate thing because there's a, a huge gap in the knowledge of theology if that is where he's going with this. So. Essentially what we have is Brigham Young teaching a few different times that Adam, as in Adam and Eve, was God the Father in mortal form. In early statements, Brigham Young seemed pretty sure about this, but as time went on, his language became a little less forceful and a little more opinion-based. For the sake of time, I'm going to just throw up a bunch of stuff he said, and if you're interested, you can pause the video and go through and read them. Well, we're interested, so let's pause the video and read them. Um, Let's see. Now hear it, O inhabitants of the earth, Jew and Gentile, Satan, sinner. When our father Adam came into the garden, he came into it with a celestial body. He helped to make and organize this world. He is Michael, the archangel, the ancient of days, about whom holy men have written, he is our father and our God. Pretty um, pretty uh, forceful in that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm assuming he's going to show yeah. more where... I propose to speak upon a subject that does not immediately concern yours or my welfare. I do not pretend to say that this, the items of doctrine and ideas I shall advance are necessary for the people to know, or that they should give themselves any trouble about them whatsoever. I reckon that Father Adam was a resurrected being. I reckon our spirits and all spirits of the human family were begotten by Adam and born of Eve. I reckon that Adam himself planted the Garden of Eden. Still, I mean, he... he Backed off on, actually he didn't back off. He's still saying that I, acting as the prophet of the LDS church, uh, maintain, reckon, that Adam himself is God. Look at these quotes, it seems pretty clear where Brigham stood on the subject. And I'm personally just fine with the idea that Brigham Young was mistaken. Admirable, but mistaken. But it's also not that simple, because for every reference to Adam as God, there are even more references where Brigham Young teaches that Adam is just Adam, and God is God. Two separate beings. Alright, we're gonna... I don't do this often, but we're gonna back up and take a look at that. 
So I believe that the Father came down to take his tabernacle and begat Jesus Christ in his tabernacle. Okay, here, <laughs> this is an even uh, more concerning teaching. I believe the Father came down in his tabernacle and begat Jesus Christ. I believe he has a tabernacle and begat Jesus Christ in his express image and likeness because the Bible expressly decrees it. You disbelieve it because your priest and your mother have taught you it is not so. When your mothers first read the scripture, it was so plain to their understanding to their children that they understood as an angel would, but Deacon Jones must be called to in to explain, and he explained it away, so I disagree with you, Mr. B. In the first point, we have noticed, for you believe that God is without body and parts, while the Bible declares he is corporeal body, that in his likeness precisely he created Adam. The priests of this age declare it is not so. The God Mr. B believes in is without body parts or passions. Okay, that's just a confusing statement. But, okay, yeah, he did state that uh, Adam, uh, God created Adam's body. But let me bring you back to the beginning of this. I believe the Father came down in his tabernacle and begat Jesus Christ. He is literally saying that he believes that God came down in his corporal body, his tabernacle, and had sex with Mary. This is what Brigham Young taught and believed. Thank you, David. You just took us in a whole nother direction. Again, so let's discount the Adam-God doctrine, but let's throw in the God-incestuous, uh, uh, polygamous relationship with his spirit daughter and creation Mary in a corporeal, corporeal body um, giving birth to Jesus. Pretty interesting. This is 1853. Um, I'd like to see what the dates are on this. 1852. So, okay, granted, 1854. <laughs> Adam, uh, so, again, he's back and forth on this. This is... How do you how do you trust a man that goes back and forth like this? I mean, he's just making stuff up as he goes along. It's it's worse than Joel Osteen. It's worse than Stephen Furtick and Benny Hinn and all these people who just really, as you watch them, you can tell they're making stuff up as they go along. But it's also not that simple because for every reference to Adam as God, there are even more references to God as God, two separate beings. Let's see, did I ever see a man who can instruct me in these matters until I saw Joseph Smith? I never did, and after I had made a profession of religion, I would ask the most powerful preachers whether they knew anything about God, where is he located, where heaven is, and where hell is, who is the Father, who is the Son, and who is the distinction between, who is Michael the Archangel, who is Gabriel, and so on. Could they tell a thing about it? No. I'm wondering if there's something before this. Um... 1852, 1856. So again, we, we've got this back and forth. The Lord sent forth his gospel to the people, and he said, I will give it to my son Adam, from whom Methuselah received it, and Noah received it from Methuselah, and Melchizedek administered it to Abraham. Suppose a number of our sons were going to Carson Valley. No. Just as Adam received his father, the very man who walked and talked with and knew God of heaven, and knew and understood. So 1856... Um, so yeah, I mean, we've just got, we've got this back and forth, 1852 he was, uh, 1854 he's not, so, 
Brigham Young is just, he's literally making stuff up as he goes along. 1857. Um, so, let's see what our defense. Stephen Robinson said, on occasion my colleagues and I at Brigham Young University have tried to figure out what Brigham Young might have actually said and what it might have meant. But the attempts have always failed. The reported statements simply do not compute. We cannot make sense out of them. This is not a matter of believing it or disbelieving it. We simply don't know what it is. Okay, see, now here was where we have to go back to the Bible and, and see that God is not the author of confusion. And uh, where did my book... In in the 14 fundamental, uh, Fundamentals of the Prophet speech by Ezra Taft Benson in 1980, he specifically stated that God would not allow the prophet to lead the people astray. If Brigham Young was this confused on, a, on this situation... Why did God not, God not remove him from his seat as the head of the church? Why, why would God allow this to go on? It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. You've either got a powerless God. You've got an um, uncaring, apathetic God who is not what the Bible describes as a jealous God. Um you know, jealous for his word, jealous for his people, jealous for his truth. Um, you've got a God that doesn't care, that would just allow a man to speak in his name and continue to go back and forth on something uh, and considered by Brigham to be doctrine off and on. So it, it absolutely kills the credibility of this man as a prophet. Elder Bruce R. McConkie echoed that statement. What I'm saying is that Brigham Young contradicted Brigham Young, and the issue becomes one of which Brigham Young we will believe. The answer is we will believe the expressions that accord with the teachings in the standard work. So this is very convenient, and this is the same situation that we deal with and why they, they believe the Bible insofar as it is translated correctly. Now they can just take or dismiss anything that fits in with what they believe now. And if after Nelson dies and a new prophet comes along and decides to say, oh, Brigham was right on the Adam-God doctrine. Well, now we discount the other Brigham and we bring back the Adam-God Brigham. And that's who we believe because you have no foundation. When Again, I, I plan to deal with uh, Kwaku uh, and his issue of Sola Scriptura. But without that, without a foundation... When you have such a wavering foundation and uh, wishy-washy, willy-nilly, fabricated foundation, you have nothing to stand on. Nothing. You're it, feet planted in midair based on the, the teachings of, of this quote-unquote supposed prophet. not a doctrine of the restored gospel. It wasn't something Brigham Young presented to the Quorum of the Twelve. In fact, at least one of the apostles of Brigham's day, Orson Pratt, pushed back against the teaching. 
A later prophet, Spencer W. Kimball, denounced it. So the next question is, if prophets can make mistakes like this, then how can we trust that anything the prophets say is true? Good question. Keep in mind two things. First, these early saints, including Brigham Young, were all converts to the church. Everyone, especially converts, and especially in the early days of the Restoration, learned doctrine line upon line. That's a lifetime process. We're all ugly, sharp rocks in a rock tumbler, and over time, those edges get smoothed out. No! Because that is not what they taught. This is a man who is supposedly receiving actual revelation from God. So, the first time he made a mistake, if he's really talking to God, God should have come along and said, eh, wrong. He should not have been able to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, which he did, which proves he had no communication with God. Either he is somebody who is learning as he goes, or he has a direct line to the all-knowing. Well, again, your God isn't all-knowing. Your God is still progressing. So maybe your God doesn't even know who he is. See how this... See the problem in this? Can you not see the... God is not the... This is why God is not the author of confusion. Nowadays, there are checks in place to make sure that all official doctrine is unanimously agreed upon by the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve. Second, I reference another quote from Brigham Young. I am more afraid that this people have so much confidence in their leaders that they will not inquire for themselves of God whether they are led by Him. Let every man and woman know by the whisperings of the Spirit of God to themselves whether their leaders are walking in the path the Lord dictates or not. So what, was Brigham Young just making crap up to test people? To see if they're getting accurate revelation from God? <laughs> Again, this is why I say it's a very futile, a very feeble attempt to defend any of this. Because seriously, this and then so many other issues, the blood atonement, which I don't know, maybe they're going to get into, but the the do blood atonement doctrine and the people live on the moon doctrine which Kwaku tried to briefly just dismiss um, the the sireship the the con conception of uh, of Jesus how was he conceived you know all these things that Brigham Young taught um, the racist things that he said. All of these things combined seriously uh, fracture his ability to be considered a prophet and destroy any credibility that this man could have possibly had. We do believe God answers prayers. So if you run into something you're not sure about, study it out in your mind and see if God has anything else to say about it. Even the church's official newsroom says individual members are encouraged to independently strive to receive their own spiritual confirmation of the truthfulness of church doctrine. Moreover, the church exhorts all... So what happens when a member gets confirmation that it's not true? Happened to me. I'm pretty convinced and, and it's pretty confirmed that these things are not true. And... and Again, it's not based on a feeling, so there's where you're going to go, well, you didn't pray about it. I don't have to. When the evidence is stacked up against it, I don't have to pray. I don't have to pray to find out if 2 plus 2 equals 5, because I know the evidence and the truth is 2 plus 2 is 4, so I don't have to pray about whether or not 2 plus 2 is 5. 
I don't have to. And then when I have 2 plus 2 is 4, I don't have to pray to get confirmation that that is true. And that's the same situation with the Bible and the Book of Mormon. I can look at the Bible and I can see the evidence that is there for it and I can understand and trust and know that the Bible is true. And then the same way I can look at the evidence that is there against the Book of Mormon and know that it was fabricated along with the, the Pearl of Great Price. Um, and then the Doctrine and Covenants is filled with false prophecies that did not never were fulfilled. So it's not a matter of needing to pray about these things. It's and and then again the the question stands: What happens if a member prays and receives confirmation that it's not? What about Matthew Gill in uh, in England in the Book of Jeremiah? Why are why are none of you praying about that? Why why have we not seen anybody pray and talk about the Book of Jeremiah? Um, why are we not? Uh, holding up Matthew Gill as a prophet because he's got people that follow him over there that have prayed about it and received their testimony from the Holy Spirit that the book of Jeremiah is true. Why are we not seeing that here? Again, there, there are tons of, of issues with all of this, and it's, a, it's truly a feeble attempt uh, at defending it. All people to approach the gospel not only intellectually, but with the intellect and the spirit process in which reason and faith work together so that's the but do we let our faith override our reason i don't need to biblically my faith never has to override my reason they 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 meet together but here you literally have to dismiss ridiculousness in order to defend the indefensible makes no sense. Notorious Adam God theory. It was a thing, but it's not a thing. Let me know if you have any questions. The link in the description to our website might answer them. I'll also throw in a few other resources. All right, so we'll let that go now. Um, it's a thing, but not a thing. And this is what they're doing with all of these little these issues that that are are truly <laughs> serious. Uh, chinks in the armor of the the Mormon theology, Mormon doctrine, and overall the Mormon religion. These things that are are just weaknesses. They're just trying to not weaknesses. Compromises. Uh, I, I need a thesaurus. I can't think of the word that I'm thinking of. but But they are holes in the fabric um, of, of Mormon theology and they're just trying to willy-nilly uh, ex dismiss them with, with poor uh, explanations I'm not buying it but then again they're going to say that I'm hardened and blah 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 no I'm, I'm looking at this with an open mind and logic <laughs> and and Brigham Young just based on this has no credibility as a prophet none and then there are so many other things that that he did and said that that compromise that even more so to my LDS listener the three of you that listen really consider that take that into account 
look at these things. Find these places where these are written and really look at what he read or what he wrote and what he said. Really look at those and then see how he goes back and forth and back and forth. This is not something that he started to say and then it fell off. And this is why David is not going to show these to you. He's just going to let them go by because he's, he's counting on the fact that you're not going to go back and check it. And see that the dates go, well, he was God, well, he wasn't God. Well, he was God, well, he wasn't God. Well, are you a prophet or not? Did God correct you or no? Did he just allow you to just make stuff up as you go along? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it, it breaks my heart that, that there are people who will just look at this without without a um, critical um, thinking about it and really um, looking into the, the truth and the valid- validity of it. So um, with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Went far longer than usual, but it, it had to. So uh, <laughs> as always... Preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. Until next time, soli deo gloria.